set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Well, if you thought that maybe we would be back to normal sooner than later, unfortunately we're not. And yet another sign, I still have no real inclination right now to believe that they've canceled the hot dog eating contest. So at least we still have that in front of us and even a bettable hot dog eating contest. But gone is the motor show, the 2021 Geneva International Motor Show is no more rescheduled for March of next year in Switzerland. Now, a lot of the exhibitors already pulled out of the event, so it's not like a major shock. It would be like if Joey Chestnut and maybe six other eaters pulled out of the July 4th hot dog eating contest and you had two guys left. Badland Booger, I think is one of the guy's names, right? Eric Williams, bad, something like that. I don't know why I only know him. He might be from where I'm in right now, the Philly area. Seems like there are a couple of eaters. It seems like it's it's usually the southeast or northeast. Every now and again, you might get somebody randomly from Iowa. I don't think any professional eaters that are represented on the big stage in July 4th are from Albuquerque, right? Or from Boise. Maybe, maybe one every now and again. But stuff is getting canceled. We're back to that point now. We're trying desperately for some sense of normalcy with the NBA and NHL, yet two Nets players, the latest to test positive for coronavirus. Looking at events that usually have hundreds of thousands of people throughout either a day or two or three-day weekend, if you will. That's what you have where auto shows around the world now continue to be canceled. The marathon in November in New York City was canceled. So while everybody is just focusing on the bubble in Orlando and the hub cities with the NHL and whatever the heck baseball has going on, it's too early to talk about football, but stuff keeps getting canceled, keeps getting shut down. Thankfully, we have odds on the hot dog eating contest. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. More stuff. Now NASCAR pulling out of Tennessee. And I know this was tough for NASCAR because they want as many bodies as humanly possible in the stands, even if it means from a socially distanced standpoint. They want bodies in the seats. That's what they want. So it's going to be tough now as you see more and more concern, growing positive cases. Other areas are doing okay as far as you know discharge and death rate dying, thankfully, going down. But still, an increase in positive tests means the virus 
is here, it's prevalent, and it needs to be taken seriously. So if it's two Nets players that are the latest now to come out and say that they're positive with coronavirus and it looks like DeAndre Jordan can't play, and as much as Spencer Dinwiddie wants to, I don't necessarily think he'll be allowed to as well. Now we have to see, in fact, two-week quarantine, get tested again, even if you have an antibodies test that comes up. So there should be enough time, and if, in fact, there is, there really isn't much of an argument for not having them there. I will say, though, as far as just looking at where NASCAR is specifically, this might be a pretty big step for them that could have a trickle-down effect. The NBA is not going to cancel anything because there aren't fans there. The NHL isn't going to cancel anything because no fans like the NBA. We didn't talk much about it because it was Cam Newton's day yesterday. But the PGA continues to see golfers withdraw even mid-event because they'll test positive or somebody in their crew will test positive. But the events roll on. It's when you start having fans and you start having outside essential personnel. That's where it's not even a bubble. It's just about trying to maintain your sport, your league, your activity, while knowing that cases and other issues surrounding as a result of positive cases are happening, maybe even right outside the arena in which you're playing, such as in Florida with Orlando being that bubble. So Tennessee now is no stranger to a spike of COVID-19 cases And NASCAR has pulled the plug on its Champions Week and Cup Series awards. So this came out yesterday afternoon-ish. The 2020 NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series champions will be celebrated at the end of the season with more details to come. So the week, all these weeks uh, leading up to it, it will be pushed back to Nashville 2021 Again, everything is getting pushed back, pushed back. A lot of this is where we were the first time around, right? Things were either straight up canceled, like college basketball, for example, or simply postponed, like we see the NBA and NHL. MLB kind of just took advantage of the fact that they did not have to start on time to hash out details that should have been hashed out a little bit ago, but that's neither here nor there. Thank goodness we don't have to get into that anymore. More and more situations of shutting down, canceling, and at the very least, postponing. So, looking at it in kind of one or two ways. If it's an essential, forget personnel, but just if it's an essential league activity. A race, a golfing tournament, the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Major League Baseball, which has reduced it to 60 games, but still the playoffs that will follow. It's going to move. It's going to roll on. Right now, despite seeing cases rise, and if you start to read between the lines and look at a lot of the data that's being provided by medical professionals, you'll see that it's 28 to 36-year-olds out and about, just hanging out indoors, outdoors, bunch of people, not following protocol, not wearing masks, not sanitizing, stuff that they were doing pre-COVID-19 because the rate of infection, the average age, has dropped significantly in a lot of the hot spots. Three of the biggest ones, 
if you want to look at Texas, Florida, and then take your pick, another state in the southeast, if it's Tennessee, if it's Georgia, or if it's areas even in Minnesota now, we've seen that spike. So it's easy to point to that one or two belligerent, ignorant people in a video yelling and screaming that they can't wear a mask, but the numbers have come out, and it's pretty obvious that younger people now are testing positive. Younger people aren't dying because it's much more difficult as a result of catching it at 28 to 32 to die from it as opposed to 65, 70. We know that the majority of cases where it unfortunately led to fatality the first time around were in areas that were highly concentrated with elderly people like nursing homes. Now that the country has been reopened, a lot of those folks are staying home. Look at the rate, the average age of the rate of infection right now. And you'll see that it's dropped in some states like Florida, for example, 78 to like 60, 59 years old. Now, do you know how young you have to be on average to pull that number down by 12, 13 years, 15 years, 18 years in some cases? So you're going to have to look at what's happening around the country and still try and balance that out with where we are with leagues and players. And just because players get it doesn't mean that the league or the sport is going to stop. And I think that's where we are right now until something drastically shifts. I don't see that changing. That's the big takeaway for me today is that despite more and more cases, including athletes. If it's two players on the Nets, if it's Denny McCarthy on the PGA Tour over the weekend, anybody that we see, baseball players, we've seen now a couple players say they're sitting out. Health reasons, not trying to risk being at at high risk, of course, so sitting out the year, and baseball has allowed them to do that if, in fact, they're looking at it as a serious health concern, which makes sense when you look at a couple of players who have either done this or brought this up. Now, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, who survived cancer, is playing, but to each their own. Mike Leake is out. Two coaches on the twin staff. They're over 65 years old. They won't be allowed to work games. So that should be a pretty good indication right now of where we are with sports balancing a resurgence of this virus. Or if you really want to look at it, not even a second wave. It's just we were inside for part of the first wave, and then we came back out while the first wave's still here. It was mitigated only because we were at home. And when we came back out, a lot of people, and I don't blame them as much as I think we should, simply because... They were told by politicians and the media, opposite sides of the same room, that, ah, you don't worry about it, you're immune. You're 22 years old, you're immune to this thing. You see videos of lines waiting to get into a bar, restaurant, indoors, and it's people just hanging out, talking, 22, 25, 28, no mask, because that's what they've been told. Doctors haven't been saying that. Nurses haven't been saying that. Medical professionals haven't been saying that. But they get drowned out by the extreme on both ends. 20 minutes from now, we'll chat with Eric Pincus. Pretty interesting story developing. The return of J.R. Smith to the Lakers. And also, 
what this means now, not just J.R. Smith's return, bigger picture here. More players testing positive, concern, and really the first domino that would fall would be LeBron James. It doesn't look like we're in anywhere close to that territory or those types of waters, but that would be the first real concern. So we'll talk with Eric Pincus at 11.40 Eastern, 12.40 Eastern. Our bi-weekly chat with our NFL insider, John McMullen. Fake news with Ron, 12.25 Jam Show here. And also something with Ezekiel Elliott we'll get to in about six minutes. This is just hilarious. One more time. I just, I can't get enough of Zeke stepping on his own feet. It's almost like he walks out, and I'll save the rest of it, trust me. We'll break in a couple of minutes, come back, and stretch out when it comes to Zeke. I have a couple more questions I'll throw at Ron, too. We might have to make this a daily segment until I run out of cards. But Ezekiel Elliott, it appears like this offseason, he has metaphorically just woken up, tied his shoes together, walked outside, and said, let's start the day. And I don't mean tied each shoe up. I don't mean laced each shoe up. I'm saying... More so, he's tied the two together, walked outside and said, all right, let's start the day. And then whatever happens seems to be him just falling face first. The NBA right now will move on despite two more players. And as much as there's concern from big names like Barkley and others surrounding the NBA, I've come to this conclusion here, and it's not reinventing the wheel or anything along the lines of splitting an atom. But sports aren't going to stop. I don't even think that at this point the NBA will slow down if LeBron or Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard or Giannis, unfortunately, and we hope not, just like we hope for the best for DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie, it's more about the star power, star-driven league, star-driven league. Kawhi Leonard won with the Toronto Raptors. The NBA survived a postseason without LeBron James last year. The NBA being back is enough right now to survive. Honor the TV contracts. Give us something to watch and bet on. The PGA Tour and now NASCAR are really good indicators for what's going to happen, especially now that the NBA has real live cases. Major League Baseball has real live cases where nothing is changing. And I'm not demanding, don't get me wrong, I'm not holding them accountable, you should be closing down. I honestly think it's manageable. I think where we are right now with guys who are able to quarantine, sit out, what happens in the middle of it, if somebody catches it, somebody contracts it, somebody tests positive, and they've already played, oh, well, now you have to do contact. That's why you have a bubble. You immediately test everybody, and you see who comes back. I'm telling you, The likelihood of just throwing an example, okay? Player X on the Philadelphia 76ers, game four of the first round series against the Boston Celtics after already playing eight games and then three in the first round, test positive for COVID-19. It's going to be an immediate group to everybody get in, everybody that they played with, they played against in the last week to two weeks, Go ahead and get tested. The likelihood of more than three or four guys on his own team, let alone 
three or four guys that he's come in contact with, the over is very low. And I'm not saying this in the backdrop of not having the ability to test, not having the ability to self-quarantine now after coming up positive, not having the ability of isolating somebody, even if they remain in the bubble to prevent any type of travel and continuing transmission of the virus. NBA can do all of that. So there's no issue. Watch. And it's going to take, unfortunately, that first case for a lot of people to recognize, oh, okay, much like what happened with the Utah Jazz. Now, as far as a player saying, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want any part of that. Rudy Gobert, I hear, can't even taste or smell anything still. And there's an issue with just long-term health concerns for a brand like myself. Man, I make $8.5 million a year. I'm not throwing that away. No problem here. Zero problem here. If you want to sit out for whatever reason, health, social awareness, it's your prerogative. And I won't bash you. I won't knock you for it. I won't bring it up in any negative light. But much like I'll support that decision, I also recognize that the show not only must, but the show can go on. Really, the show can go on. At Shander Show is how you get me on Twitter. Twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Your line 800-224-2004. Bunch of stuff coming up, including Ezekiel Elliott once again steps in it and wants to blame someone else. Might have to do another round of Tony Jake or me coming up here on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. So we'll chat with Eric Pinkus 10 minutes from now, get some thoughts on not only the J.R. Smith signing, but also where the Lakers are and, and kind of some bigger picture situations. COVID-19 still a major issue with the NBA players, and how many people are actually going to say no, which is okay. You know, I, I definitely think that if you look at this thing from the big picture, you really have to be okay with players st- sitting out for any type of medical concern. So we started this thing, I don't know, last week. Maybe it was yesterday. I, I, I can't remember because we have, no, it, it must have been last week because the promo is already up. And it's a game that we kind of created out of a game called Tony, Jake, or Me. And I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. No, it we should, be... it's Tony, Jake, and Aton. Or Tony, Jake, or myself? Tony, Jake, and Aton. Refer to yourself in the third or fourth person. It's all right. Okay, okay. Well, what's, what would be the fourth person? I have no idea. Are we talking about a fourth dimension? Maybe. All right. We can do so, it. Here's the, it's a very simple game. We might, I'm telling you, we need imaging. We'll do this every day, all right? Tony, Jake, or Aton. And I ask Ron Culver, who knows the three of us better than anybody in the building, since he works with Tony and then Jake and then myself, Aton. Well, I'm getting there. I don't know if I know you guys that well just yet. Well, one of them, one out of the three, I do know very well. Yes, but there's nobody the else two, in the building. Learning. That's true. That knows the three of us. I like talk you to you do. guys more on exactly. a daily basis now. Exactly. And we're not going to bother, you know, Craig Larson or somebody important for this thing. No, right? he doesn't even know you guys. Exactly. Exactly. It's better with you at this point because you know. We can get through it. Here's the thing. 
the first question has to do with Gordon Ramsay, and this got me thinking. Okay. I am I was, right, because he's no longer with us, a very big fan of Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Yeah. And the Bourdain show was really cool because it was innovative and it was a cooking show that focused on life and the people behind the food in parts unknown, right? Hence the name of the show. It appears that Gordon Ramsay has officially ripped that show off with a new program on National Geographic. Uncharted. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, I've seen them all. All the Gordon Ramsays. Yeah, I'm, Is a big, that... I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. Okay, I am too. And, and don't get me wrong. I Hotel Hell, Hell's Kitchen, the uh, uh, Kitchen Nightmares... All of the things. I know a lot of it is staged. I know a lot of it is, you know, of just course. acting. Yeah. But I, I get it. You know, I understand that it's good television. And I recognize it's not like Restaurant Impossible where it's real life stuff going on. But I, I get it. You know, Gordon Ramsay, it's fluff, but it's good food, too. You know, you're going to eat well if you're ever at, um, what is it? Not Kitchen Nightmares. The, the main one. What's the main one that he does? Why am I blanking on it? Where right, he has Hell's the, Kitchen? Yes, Hell's Kitchen. That was the original. The original, right. Now, he, uh, he also does Master Chef. Master Chef is a very good show. Yeah. Excellent show. But here's the thing. Uncharted is a, come on, Ron, it's a total ripoff. It is, but who are you going to, uh, they had an idea in place. They wanted to continue doing it. That's where it went through. They just gave it a name change, a facelift. So it's really Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, except now it's, just given to it's like a new host of a game show yeah i mean you you have a you have a fantastic idea you're just gonna let it die let it be buried next to uh in the same grave as bourdain no you have a great idea it's going to continue on regardless so why not throw a a a recognizable chef uh someone who uh, has piqued the interest of everyone in the culinary arts world or even just people who you view culinary arts on television why not have him and he's a fantastic uh, um, celebrity. Oh, man. I mean, he doesn't hold anything back. He you know, tells you exactly how he feels, how it is at every step of the way. Doesn't mind expressing himself. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good fit. Yeah, I, you know, I don't with this, know. There's and, something. Okay, here's the, here's the problem. A, you know, the question you'd have to ask yourself, I guess, and we'll never know the answer to it, was that would be would this show exist if Anthony Bourdain was still doing his thing? No. But the problem I have isn't so much that the idea needed to live on. I recognize that. It's Gordon Ramsay is not the true, like everything he does is fluff and television and multiple cuts. That show with Bourdain was based on realism. And I feel like while well, you Gordon Ramsay was real, but I mean, there was, it's all the same. Ah, every, Hell's every, Kitchen is different every, than being in the middle of every, Nigeria. Yeah, every reality show is staged. To an extent, yeah. to an extent, I, now I do. He is, now, uh, Uncharted is nothing like Hell's Kitchen. I mean, he's out there no, fishing. I he's know. out there doing, you know, doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. But out he in the comes wild. off fake. He's like Ben Roethlisberger. Well, yeah, he, he comes stuff, off you know, fake. You can always tell when he's reading from a cue card. That's part of the brilliance of uh, of uh, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, my, it's amazing. All right, speaking of which, whose cooking would impress Gordon Ramsay? Tony, Jake, or Aton? <laughs> oh, I gotta go, Jake. Real Jake? Jake yes. can't make I, scrambled I, eggs and bacon. Exactly. That's why I think it would impress him. <laughs> I don't think he's ever met a man of Jake's stature that, you know, just figured out how to cook eggs and bacon. 
Uh, to be honest, I don't know much about your cooking. I do hear about Tony, and Tony uh, Tony has bragged about several dishes that he can make, and um, they do sound delicious. I don't know about your cooking. All protein I know, and greens. All, I can, yeah, all yeah. I know is that you're a Whole Foods guy. And, no, no. I, well, I get stuff delivered from Whole Foods, so it makes yeah. me feel better about the stuff I eat. All right. Who will get convicted of a crime they didn't commit? Tony, Jake, or Aton? Jake. Again with Jake. Yeah, because Jake would be at the wrong place at the wrong time. It just That would be the fit of him. You would get convicted of a crime that you did commit. Fair enough. Last one before we get to Eric Pincus. Who is the passenger who won't stop talking to you on an airplane? Tony, Jake, or Aton? God, I'm going to say all three. Yeah, I know. It's a three-way tie. It's all about different stuff, though. That would be all the beauty of it. All about of it. different stuff. Three completely different, unique conversations, but none of us would be able to show. Only up. one guy talking sports. <laughs> Scratching beneath the surface. It's the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, let's look at a couple of big things going on right now in the world of the NBA. As we have two players announcing they're positive with COVID-19 of the Nets. J.R. Smith is a Laker. What? Let's go out to the progressive guest line. And bring in Eric Pincus, covers all things Lakers for Bleacher Report, NBA, of course, Hollywood Hoops, B-Ball Insiders, NBA TV, at Eric Pincus on Twitter. Good morning, sir. Always a pleasure. Hope all is well with you and yours, Eric. Uh, doing all right. Doing just fine. Thanks for having me. J.R. Smith, huh? They couldn't quit yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> How big well, is... I... I'm sorry. <laughs> J.R. is... Um... You know, obviously, there's the moment in the finals with LeBron where he he made a big mistake that cost him game one. But he's won a championship with LeBron. Uh, I think there's the basketball side. There's the I don't know maybe the political side, so to speak. Uh, he is on the clutch uh, sports brand. He's his agent is Rich Paul. Rich Paul represents LeBron and AD and three of the Lakers, and so there's definitely a partnership with the Lakers and 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 clutch sports, but. It's also someone who's familiar with uh, with what LeBron does and how to play off of LeBron. And Jarrett's one of those odd players who can shoot, has a higher percentage of accuracy uh, when guarded. Uh, like he actually shoots a little, at least historically, shoots a little bit better with a hand in his face than wide open. So uh, I, I saw Jr. in December at, at Baron Davis's uh, Christmas game, and he looked great. He, he was in good shape. Saw him at Staples Center uh, soon after, and he, the guy's really focused on a return. It's not, I mean, he, he's kept in great shape. I, I hope he succeeds because, you know, I root for everyone to, to you know, have that kind of success. He's a, he's a odd player. You know, he's, he's a wild card. I, I don't think he hurts the Lakers, and he may not play a lot. You know, they have a lot of, a lot of players on that team. There is something, right, just from the outside about the whole entertainment value that could go either way when you put LeBron and Jr. and that famous meme, right, everything together. It, it's hysterical. I mean, you've got Deion Waiters, you know, JaVale McGee. You've got a That's lot of right. characters on that team, That's you know. Right. Last year they had Lance. I mean, the Lakers aren't afraid of, of going with guys who are a little bit different. But, I mean, it's worked for them. I mean, JaVale's been great. Dwight's been great for them this year. 
the, when you have LeBron and and his leadership in the locker room, and there aren't a lot of kids on this team, I don't think it's a problem to go with players who are a little bit different. But honestly, I've gotten to know JaVale a little bit. Not, you know, we don't hang out or anything. We don't have like deep conversations. But I've learned a lot from him. He's what I my what I had seen of JaVale and with the Wizards and on Shaq and the Fool and what I I got when I saw him in L.A. I was like, man, this guy's very different. Same going back with Meta World Peace, Ron Artest. Uh, you know, I try not to judge players by you know, some of the, those silly moments or, you know, Barack Obama, President Obama calling out J.R. Smith for not wearing a shirt for two or three days after he won a championship. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be an entertaining finish this season. Let's just leave it at that. Absolutely. And, and I wonder, and this is more just a big picture of the team itself, how much that speaks to having LeBron and under him Anthony Davis and just a team right now that has not only been focused up until the forced break due to COVID, Eric, but is on championship mode or bust. And then it's, it's almost like everybody that you mentioned has a specific set of talent that they can come in and help a team, but it may not be just corralled the right way in other areas where if you have a focus, a mission, and you're living it out on the court, then everybody kind of falls in line. Right. I mean, it's very clear what the Lakers are about and what they're trying to do. Uh, last year, they had a lot of young players, and they didn't have the kind of experience to to win. You know, LeBron got hurt, of course, but and they were doing pretty well before them. But I didn't have great faith in that young squad. Uh, now you've got a lot of experienced veterans. Uh, there's only what Kyle Kuzma's pretty much the only kid, uh, and uh, everyone's everyone has their part. We'll see how it all fits together uh, with the return. They still have to get through. Uh, teams like the Clippers and, and Rockets and all the other teams in the West and maybe the Bucks or even the Raptors, one of those teams in the East. It, it's not a, a slam dunk to, to say the Lakers are going to win it all, but uh, you know, th- this is a, a very singular-minded team in focus and, and the way that they're in that locker room. They understand what they're trying to do, uh, and it's very united. At least it has been before the shutdown. How much continuity do you think there will be with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, with anybody, the Sixers? I mean, we're in Philly hoping that the Sixers can do something better than what they did away from Philly, which is nothing. So how much continuity <laughs> do you – I mean, do you think that that's a is, – is it going to be easy for teams that were just on a roll to pick right up? Is it going to kind of neutralize everything like a rain delay with three holes left on a golf tournament? It's it, – it's – you know, it's really hard to say, to be honest. Um, we we don't really know because we never we've never had this happen before. Uh, we can look to strike or lock out shortened seasons uh, and show that the initial returns, uh, shooting was weak and, and conditioning was low, turnovers were high. Uh, some of the veterans needed a little bit longer to get going, uh, so it helps some of the younger players because they're just more naturally athletic and you know they're. Their bodies respond and, and come back more quickly. Uh, but then there's also kind of like a fish out of water thing, uh, where if you put in a, a veteran player into an odd surrounding, you know, games with no fans and this bubble, their their experience in just life and 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 adaptability might outweigh what a young player who might be you know kind of green and and, and uncomfortable and not play as well. So like it, we'll have to see. I, I think. Teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, the Bucks, those teams with the talent should shine through. But 
you know, we're seeing still that, like, we saw Nikola Jokic, uh, you know, some photos of him overseas, lost like 30 pounds, looked great, but he just came down with COVID. So, uh, you know, what is, his, what is, what is he going to be when he gets back? How quickly does he get over the symptoms? Is it nothing? Is it, is it significant? There's so many variables we're just, we don't know. So, you know, I'm, as it, as it stands right now, I'm going to assume the best teams are, are the best teams. But like you mentioned, the Sixers, who are terrible on the road, and the rest of the season is going to be on the road. <laughs> so right. I don't know. You know, it's it, it's it's exciting to see. Uh, and I, I wrote that the winner of this thing is going to get an asterisk because it's different. But I, to me, this is like a more of a badge of honor. Yeah. Uh, you know, mer- you know, it's not a demerit. It's to say, man, whoever wins this thing really earned it this year. I totally agree, and and that's such a big difference between jamming 60 regular season baseball games down our throat and having some weird version of a World Series champ versus basically saying, guys, you're 10 regular season or 12 regular season games short. You've earned everything as far as seeding. Maybe you can advance a little bit in these eight games, but a playoff is a playoff, and this isn't starting from new. Same thing with the NHL. I totally agree, and I'm so happy to hear that and know that you've written that, Eric, because it's, it, I think it needs to be said more and more, especially by people like you who are in and around the league, that this is not anything negative, especially if LeBron wins it, because you know people can't wait to throw as many asterisks as possible out at him. Did we lose Eric? Hey there. Hey, are you there with us? I'm back. Okay, good, good. Sorry about that. I, I didn't know if we lost you. Maybe it was the, the connection. Um, Woj just tweeted this a couple of minutes ago just after you joined us. And, again, we're chatting with Eric Pincus at Eric Pincus on Twitter. The Nuggets have closed teams practice, the team's practice facility for several days after uh, people that were traveling with the party to Orlando tested positive. We know two Nets players tested positive. Are we at a point right now, do you think, where the NBA is actually considering shutting this down, or is it more just continuing to weather the storm, knowing that this is not 100% foolproof, if you will? Right. Well, I think to a degree they expected this. I don't know what, if they had a specific percentage, but uh, they, they knew that some of the players, some of the accompanying staff were going to come down with it. And, you know, the, the, the way the plan is said. I mean, we're starting where we're starting. Uh, really started last week as far as starting to gather uh, and and get together in home cities. And they don't start playing until uh, the end of July, and we're just about to be starting July. So if there's a a 14 day, I don't know, whatever the exact number is, a, a period of waiting to see if 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 you've become infected, they've sort of padded it uh, enough. I, and you look at the Nets, and it's it, they've been hit pretty hard, not just with uh, the virus, but they also have injuries. Uh, you know, some teams are going to go into this, and it's not really going to be fair. And that's just you know none none of this is is fair. You know, it's just kind of a we're we're in a, a bad situation. The NBA made what they felt uh, was the best choice out of a list of bad choices, and that's just the reality. Uh, I think big picture. The goal is to try to save 25% roughly of this season, you know, the playoffs, all this, uh, with failure as a, as a real possibility. But knowing that whatever we learn from this, if it fails, will help make sure that 
next season is protected because there's no guarantees that by December, which is when we're supposed to have this thing restart uh, for next season, it's going to be delayed, but it should start around December. There's no guarantee that there's going to be a vaccine, that we're not in some sort of bubble then too. So uh, the NBA has to try to make this work. And if it doesn't work, it's okay because it, it could help make sure that next season works. Are there any small to large concerns left about the bubble? It, it seemed like the biggest one, Eric, was not the essential personnel for NBA players and team personnel, but more so the Disney employees coming in and out and maybe negating the whole idea of the bubble. Right. I mean, that that's the biggest flaw in, in, in it. Uh, the issue is, is that Disney uh, has what they call their cast, their staff, their employees. They're, they're unionized. They have a very strong uh, group of, of uh, you know, their power basically as a group is very strong. And so uh, just like the NBA can't dictate to the players what they're going to do, it had to be a compromise. The NBA and even Disney as a corporation can't dictate uh, to the, that staff, to that union, how it's going to be. Uh, so they've, <clears throat> they've got some level of uh, protection, but it's not at the same level of scrutiny. And it's a concern. Uh, they're going to be going into the players' rooms to clean them. They're going to be wearing masks and gloves, and they're going to be checked, you know, not as stringent as, as the players, but the players are going to be tested like every other day and uh, or something like that, and, and it's going to be pretty intense what the players go through. And in some ways, it's going to be safer in the bubble than it will be anywhere else, but that weak spot could potentially be the Disney staff, but they, they're not going to put the players in a situation where it's, you know, it's obviously a blatant, like, oh, they're they're going into a minefield. It's just not realistic. So, you know, I'm going to have faith in their situation, you know, trust them. Uh, but knowing that everybody's aware, this is not a foolproof plant. This is, there's a risk here and there's there's really no way around it. There's, there's no perfect solution. I've got about a, a minute left, Eric. I always appreciate the time and, and the insight to the league, especially what's going on now. But hypothetical situation i would imagine if you just copied and pasted what happened with the jazz round one round two one player maybe two players test positive you remove them everybody else tests negative i imagine the show goes on and the league doesn't sit or negate those two teams from playing anymore no it's everyone's going to keep playing they're they're just hopeful that it doesn't outbreak, you know, an outbreak doesn't knock out a team. You know, the concern with basketball is that uh, you're playing in very close quarters. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a socially distant game. It's not, I I don't know. I I would hate to see, I couldn't even imagine the players having to play with masks on, you know, we we could get into craziness. We're just going to have to hope it doesn't come down to that. They're not going to stop a team. uh, But if there's a massive outbreak, then yeah, they're, the teams could get shut down. The whole thing could get shut down. This could end terribly, but there's a lot of reason to think it, it, it will work. It's just, you know, they're, they're, they're rolling the dice, and they're going to do the best they can. It's, it's about money. It's about, uh, you know, the game itself. It's about players playing, and, and it's about the chance to use this opportunity to, to represent this time in America, the country, to try to help it get restarted. There's a lot on the table here. Right. If you don't try, then... You know, you fail automatically. Awesome stuff, Eric. Thanks again. I know it's early out there. Be well, be safe, take care, and thanks again, man. All right, anytime. Thanks for having me. Eric, at Eric Pincus on Twitter, at Shander Show. For me, we'll wrap the hour next. Yeah, I'm going to take my.
old town road. I'm gonna dealing with the root of the issues. It's the second level presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander. Saw the news: Carl Reiner passed away last night. Natural causes. Ninety-eight years old. My goodness, the life you can lead. Ninety-eight years on this planet. And if you want to look at some of the things that Reiner is known for, start with the Dick Van Dyke show. You can move to tons of work that involves uh, Steve Allen. The Jerk, I believe he wrote The Jerk, which is a 1979 film. And, yeah, directed by Carl Reiner. I believe he wrote it as well. And it's hilarious. One of the best, most underrated movies of Steve Martin's career, maybe anything that he's done in Steve Martin's career. Carl Reiner himself is just a godfather when it comes to modern television and the influences. If you look at the coaching tree, for example, that Reiner would have, Mel Brooks and so many people influenced and working under him and with him. And even in his IMDb, if you go to, I guess you would have to start with producer first and look at all of the things that he was responsible for helping getting out, including, of course, the Dick Van Dyke Show, which is probably his biggest legacy. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Well, we've got our. Bi-weekly chat at 1240 Eastern with John McMullen, our NFL insider. Fake news with Ron Culver 20 minutes from now. Had a story that actually popped up, and every time I see a story like this, I, I play a game with myself where either Ron has it or doesn't. And the more I believe in my head, and maybe even in my heart, if you think in, I exist with one, then it's I, I would stay away from it. Because it can help me, right? If I believe that this is going to be a story that Ron's going to have in fake news in 19 minutes, then I won't bring it up because it's like using one of those lifelines in Millionaire, the 50-50, except, you know, it's a third here because we only have three. So I'm essentially cutting one out. And then, luckily, if I stumble upon another story, that could be it. That could be the winning strategy right there. But instead, I'm going to bring it up anyway about Guinness and about what they're doing to fertilize Christmas trees. So I don't know how soon it's July, technically tomorrow, and people have been cooped up. They might be cooped up again real soon if you haven't already been told to stay at home. I don't know how early people are going to go out and buy their Christmas tree. I've seen people put up Christmas lights and holiday lights, I guess you have to say, in the middle of June. Because what else the hell are you going to do when you're quarantined and told to stay at home? Now, Guinness had to do something with the hundreds of thousands of unsold barrels of beer. So 
while it's been a tough time in the brewery, quoted the company's director of operations, we took the decision to bring back all of the beer. So the majority of the beer taken back from bars and nightclubs was donated to Willow and Christmas Tree Farms. And they've been using it to provide nutrients to the trees. Now, you sit back, you drink four or five Guinnesses a night, you're going to notice that belt line increasing. Is that the case with a tree? Can a tree get wider? Can a tree get fatter from drinking Guinness like you and I can? I was on a Guinness diet for like three months in college. I gained 20 pounds. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So the NBA right now dealing with a team shutting down their practice facility for several days. The facility in Denver was locked to players and staff starting Saturday. They could reopen it again later this week. This is after Woj saying that, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, the positive tests for the coronavirus within the traveling party headed to Orlando has caused the Denver Nuggets to do what I just said, shut everything down. It doesn't mean that we're close to the Nuggets not showing up or, for whatever reason, just completely abstaining from the playoffs. We don't know who in their travel party tested positive, but... It doesn't matter in the sense of even if it's a big player, it's not enough so long as everybody else is healthy and either passes a test or has enough time to quarantine at home before the thing even starts at the end of this month, which you would see, right, two weeks, even if you want to be safe and you don't need any more than two weeks, but that's fine. What does the NBA do right now? People are responding, shut it down, shut it down. I'm not even sure if the NBA will start up, let alone finish. And I think you have to take everything into account right now where despite players testing positive, we are not technically in that bubble yet. And that's probably the biggest thing that the NBA is banking on, which is you can't control what people are doing every single second of the day. But you can curb activity pretty strongly if you set them up in an area where they can't leave, technically. Now, they actually are allowed to go out. They are allowed to go out and about. They're strongly discouraged not to, but if they have friends or family or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever, and they want to meet somebody then they're able to do that they're able to go out can't have people come in but you can leave and then you're going to be tested when you come back in and so on so it's not as wide open like a bunch of contractors sub i guess for the pga tour where you're just coming in and you're your own entity your own brand these guys are taken care of in the bubble but the bubble itself has a couple of issues you heard eric pinkus 40 minutes ago, explained that Disney employees, although will be tested, not nearly as stringent as NBA players, which is going to be a problem if, in fact, you can contact trace that back. But remember, just because the bubble is close 
to being airtight on the inside doesn't mean that somebody can blow it all up by going out and then coming back in. People will be tested, but we know that the majority of people that come up positive are asymptomatic in their own right, so you're going to need a COVID-19 test. You're not going to need just a thermometer, something to take your temperature. Man, where were those things that you put up to your forehead when I was a kid? I might be one of the last, like, what generation do you think is the last generation that had to get their temperature taken the wrong way? Because I, I mean, maybe as a kid, as a young, young kid, but I do remember six, seven, I'm 42. So I do remember six, seven years old, you know, getting a thermometer under my tongue, not unfortunately the other way. But I imagine that was way more prevalent at some point. Otherwise, why would that practice even exist, right? It's not like it was done as a punishment. Well, you're, you're grounded. I'm going to wait until you get sick, and then I'm going to really punish you. Now they have the thing you just show right up, beats your forehead, you're good to go. It's not even as invasive as that thing you have to hold under your tongue. And you were scared by the doctor, the nurse, right? Don't bite it. It's got mercury in it. Ways in which you can actually look around and add it, you know, some heat to it. Maybe you take it out a little bit. You put it on the light bulb. That was a big thing. You sit on it. Try to keep it so it doesn't get too hot. You can't return it to your mom with a 109-degree fever. That's not going to work. Somebody's going to say something. Mm, You know, you look sick. You played the role well, but... The thermometer here says you've got 190-degree fever. Next time, don't hold it on the light bulb as long. Oh, boy. I saw this pop up on Twitter, and I I had to check on it just to see where we are right now in this world. But scientists and health officials are concerned about a new strain of influenza, which is the flu, recently discovered in pigs that has the potential to infect humans. And those pigs were found in China. According to researchers, a number of workers from Chinese abattoirs, is that how you pronounce that name? And the swine industry exhibited signs of infection. Great. So we had another coronavirus, this time COVID-19. We'll have a new swine flu, it looks like. Can't wait. Just shut everything down. Let's just stay inside until a doctor, a scientist... Somebody who has firsthand knowledge of what the hell is going on can say, all right, now you can come back out. I don't care if you're running for office, you're in office, you write for the New York Times or anywhere else. You have a radio show, you're on TV, I don't care. If you don't have MD, if you're not a scientist dealing with infectious disease, I think we just need to have everybody else shut up. Everybody. I think it was, I'll get in trouble for this not knowing since my degree is in it, but I believe it was Plato who initially pushed and was completely destroyed right down to even his fictional character Socrates killed as a result, suggesting that the politicians and all of the people in power give way to the philosopher king, if you will. The best ruler would be the philosopher. Well, now in 2020, the best ruler might just be a bunch of doctors and nurses getting together. Fun times. We're trying to deal with... Honestly, we're trying to deal with, at this point, the basketball season returning where players are testing positive 
asymptomatic, it seems, but still testing positive for COVID-19, trying to figure out how long we may have to stay in our houses. Next thing you know, we have a new swine flu coming from across the world. Fun times, 2020. Unbelievable. This story with Ezekiel Elliott, he just, he can't get out of his own way. Test positive for COVID, tries to go after reporters for violating HIPAA, which is not right in, in the sense of not legally accurate. Tries to shut down a report that he has COVID like any other injury would come out. And it, he's been hurt before. And for whatever reason, never felt like his HIPAA rights were violated because it's part of the contract that he signs with the NFL. The latest was on his stream. He was a bit intoxicated, admitted that. On Sunday night, Ezekiel Elliott was running a Twitch stream and said, bro, I'm low-key faded, bro. And then realizing that he was still on, said, oh, no, I didn't even end my stream yet. So Sports Illustrated interpreted faded to mean high on marijuana, ran a story that Elliot admits to being high. Now, I have never heard anybody, again, maybe it's just because of sheer circumstance or coincidence that anybody I've ever heard who used the term, man, I'm faded, has referenced marijuana. I don't know somebody who drank 12 beers and is like, man, I'm faded. I know somebody who might light up, smoke a fatty, whatever it is, whatever terminology people use to describe that, and been lit up, and man, I am faded. That's a term I hear all the time. In real life, on social, TV, whatever, that's that's fine. So Elliot got upset, and again, this is a circumstance that he created by just saying it while being on the stream. So he released a statement saying he hadn't smoked any weed. Actually, I was referring to the few drinks I had, which I said during the live stream. Elliot tweeted that on Monday. Doesn't that make this defamation? You guys will be hearing from my lawyers now. He's trying to sue everybody. An attorney, I guess his attorney told TMZ, we are extremely disappointed with the irresponsible journalism and willingness of Sports Illustrated to defame Mr. Elliott in an attempt to get readers to click on their website. Uh, You know, what happens is Ezekiel Elliott has turned into a person that is just going to do stuff. He just gets in trouble or he steps in it or he just he toes this line. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I don't know that. That's not the point of it. It's more, he seems like a guy that we should keep our eye on because he's going to do something stupid. Not something ridiculously over-the-top irresponsible. Not something criminal to hurt people. Well, I don't know about the dogs. We'll have to see about the dog thing going on with the pool cleaner. But it just seems like stuff follows him. It seems like it's not just, man, I can't stay out of trouble or trouble keeps finding me. It's more like, I can't get out of my own way. He was on a stream. He admitted to that. He didn't cut it off in time. And now it's other people's fault for interpreting what he said. Knowing damn well he knew exactly what he meant when he said it. He just didn't know he was still on the stream. Because he was so faded. He didn't even realize that he was still live broadcasting. That happens every now and again here. Not to that level, of course. But when we have the stream component going. Show's over. 
we end the show at 1 o'clock Eastern time, I have to manually shut the stream down. And there are times in which Ron and I will be talking about something we just discussed or tomorrow, whatever, and stream will be going. Nobody say. It's not like Ron Culver jumps up and was like, man, I can't believe we got through that show. I was so faded. And then people on Twitch are like, oh, my God, I can't believe the producer admitted to being hot. That's not the case, of course. We don't say anything that's outlandish. We have the stream rolling throughout the breaks to give you the access behind what's really happening here when you see how the donuts or the sausages are made. It's nothing major. It's not like we're revealing something secretive that no other radio show or station or network will do. But at the end of the show, I have to kill the stream. And there are times in which I'm like, oh, man, the stream's still up. And people might even be responding to, hey, Ron, can you get a Lakers guy on for tomorrow? Sure, man, no problem. I got a couple people. Let me see. Well, you know, it's a little early, so I don't know if we can get anybody. That's ah, okay. You know, some of these guys are up. Family, let me try Pincus. Great. Eric Pincus is fantastic. We love him. He's insightful. He's great. He's got humor to him. He knows the Lakers, the league, like the back of his hand. Let's do it. People may respond to that. I actually saw a couple people responding to that yesterday. But if I don't kill the stream, then it keeps going, keeps going. It's just basic stream knowledge. It's just basic understanding of you've got a camera on you. And this isn't, hey, I went out and somebody was filming me at the bar. This isn't, oh, I forgot that I didn't have a belt on and my pants fell off during a broadcast or something like that. This is he initiated it. He should have cut it off. Very little sympathy for Ezekiel Elliott now that he got caught in his own mess. At Shander Show on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Fake news next. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. All right, Aton, today is all about invasions. 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 I like to. I'm, I'm liking this theme thing because I think it might throw you off a little bit, or it help might help you out and throw McMullen off. Yeah, anything to throw McMullen off. That's what it I'm, I'm like, trying to do. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. You ready for it? I so am. Invasions is the theme. There's a group of clowns that have descended onto Fernwood, California, and are constantly pulling pranks, but leaving little to no evidence behind. So the authorities can't really go and arrest them. Well, what are the pranks? You know, cherry bombs and mailboxes. Uh, I mean, stupid clown things. Okay. Now, what do we know as far as, like, what types of... Is it cherry bombs, M80s? Yeah. Those type of things. Okay. Now... You know, and they're just walking around town wearing clown face paint right. and... And nobody so knows like, because... It's almost like a clown college prank has gone bad or something. How many clowns can you fit in one prank car? Dude, Are they driving around in the same car? You know, that's a question right there. Well, that's think, what I, I wonder. You, you probably they, get up to 16, right? Yeah, is it like 16 car, clowns in this tiny car and they're going to neighborhood after neighborhood? And, and one, a lot of mailboxes. One is, uh, one's riding a uh, unicycle behind them? Yeah. Yep, that's right. I agree. Okay. You know, the problem, of course, is something like that, the only real difference is 
the clown face. Like, that's what separates it, right? Otherwise, yeah, it would just, just be uh, another just, just annoying vandalism. Teenagers. And it could be annoying teenagers just in clown makeup, just doing it. Yep, exactly. You know I mean, the mayor, uh, Fernwood, is, he said he's called around and tried to figure it out. And he says, he's, you know, he's called circuses, called schools, you know, like fraternities and even things at universities. And he says he's not getting an answer from anybody. Yeah. So there's just random clowns just appearing in that town. It's amazing, man. Amazing that they they can't do anything about it either. No. All right. Good start. On to story number two. Residents of Lopbury, Thailand. You ever been to Lopbury, Thailand? I've never been to Thailand in general. So. Well, you might rethink about going to Thailand right now just because uh, thousands thousands of aggressive sex crazed monkeys have taken over the town what is it about mon- well now this is we had a lot of monkey stories in india and now yeah, we have one in, in thailand. thailand yeah they've uh, taken over portions of the city sex crazed monkeys sex crazed monkeys hmm. they've made their headquarters an abandoned cinema they've just taken over an old movie theater yes now what else are they doing besides fornicating in the movie theater? I just I think they're just bothering residents. You know, they're just there's so many of them because of social distancing that's gone on that you know there's no one out in the street to kind of push them away, so they're just kind of taking over the town. This is how Planet of the Apes started, if you remember. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I'm pretty certain that this is how it started with them taking over a small village. And then it just slowly grew. Yeah, I don't know if they were sex crazed, but I think they might have been. Okay, I guess my response to that is there's no way to counter. It's not like, and, and I'm not advocating for the extinction or extermination of yeah, those monkeys. You don't, want, you don't want PETA breathing down your neck. No, I don't want that, but there has to be some middle ground between exterminating and just letting them be and leaving the village. Like the people leaving the village. Right? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Hopefully the people don't leave the village. But the lack of food Well, available. why wouldn't you? There's no food. You've got a bunch of monkeys fornicating in the theater, and, and they're making it difficult to live if the local government's gonna not going to do anything. It's going to be to watch anything. the newest release of movies. Well, I, I yeah. assume that that place has been shut down anyway. Hopefully. How far away is this from Bangkok? Uh, let's see. It's about... Um well, it says, just says northeast. I don't know how far away All it is. Right. Well, I don't want to look at the map in case the story you're comes going, Why, are you going to Bangkok? Oh, I think that people would just start flooding Bangkok at that point. Probably. The, you know, get the heck out of that small village and let them deal with the monkey problem. And we all know Bangkok has the room. Absolutely, yes. They'll just keep building up like Tokyo or New York. That's right. All right, story three. Story number three. A swarmageddon is no. happening in India. Right now. What's going on with India? Which is a miles-long cloud of locusts, and that's descending on the capital city of New Delhi. So, remember, we had stories when we were first in lockdown of swarms of locusts decimating areas in Africa. Right. And I don't know if this is part of a migration. I mean, it's a long ways from Africa to New Delhi, but I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, well, we're having dust here. So, You're I mean, having what? We're having dust storms from Africa. The Sahara dust storm. So that carried over. That carried across the Atlantic. Dust wow. carried okay. across the Atlantic Ocean. How dust is that over possible? Water. I have no idea. I'm not a scientist. I just play one on TV. 
Okay. Well, then you should at least have a TV answer, right? You're right. Uh, the trade winds blow and blow and blow, and it carries the dust up to the 30,000 to 40,000 foot level. And then it's easy to carry and, like a plane. Yeah. And then it just kind of just, you know, as it gets uh, closer to land, as it approaches land, it just drops down onto the land. Then it kind of came across the Caribbean, swirled around the Gulf of Mexico a little bit, and is now hitting Houston. So, Actually, we're getting hit again this week. This will be our second with time. Another with another dust storm. With the same dust storm. It just kind of swirled around and it's hitting us twice. Okay, so it's the same question, but different means to, I guess, the same end. Are dust storms abnormal in Houston like locusts may be well, abnormal you in know, India? I mean, this, is, this seems to be happening once a year. Now, the one that this one is coming to Houston, they're calling it the Godzilla dust storm. There was another name for it, but it's kind of uh, not PC at the moment. Uh-oh. What they were calling, uh, what they were referring to, because the dust is coming from Africa, it's coming from the Sahara Desert. They had another term that began with the letter G, uh, instead of Godzilla dust storm. Kind of like, eh, you know, we'll go with Godzilla. Can't hurt anyone's feelings with Godzilla. No, I don't think you can. You'll have to tell me in the break. Yeah, what, what the and, other uh, and and so it, this is the one, this one they're saying has been the worst, the worst they've seen it in fifty years. Okay, so as far as the locusts are concerned, are they not normal in India? Is that what makes I think, this a I think big story? locusts are normal, not miles-long swarms. I don't think that's normal for them. What do you do? You see a mile-long swarm of locusts coming. You just stay home, right? You stay inside. Do I mean, you have to go downstairs? You know, all these little things that are happening just leads me to believe that this is, you know, whatever God you believe in's way of saying stay inside. Now... Here's the question for you. Are we going to be around on this planet long enough to see the fourth and final 14-episode season of Ozark? Probably not. Okay, because that came out today. That's breaking news. That's real news. That Ozark's coming to an end on Netflix with an expanded fourth yeah. and final season. We'll have to so wait and see. I'm not I don't sure. know if we'll make it. I don't, I don't hmm. think we are. For some reason, to pack it in. the first story jumped out as as fake to me. And I know John's going to come on and give his answer. I'll lock in with number one and say the clown face story in the West Coast is fake. McMullinet. Scratching beneath the surface, it's The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, we go out to the guest line, bring in John McMullen. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday, 1240 Eastern Time. He's our NFL insider, courtesy of Jacob Media. You can hear him on the Tony Bruno Show evenings here on SB Nation Radio. When are you on with Tony? What day? And Harry? Harry's uh, actually usually, joining us on Wednesday. Usually Tuesdays. I'll be on today at 520, usually Tuesdays and Friday. You know, Tony gets such big names, it's always uh, fly by the seat of the pants. Well, I was on his show on Friday. Does that mean that they were See? slumming? Big it? names. No. Big names. I was on Friday as well. You and I will never make the promo. Put it like that. They've got yeah, exactly. Jim Nance. They've got Charles <laughs> Barkley. You know, it's yeah. you and I will never make the promo. I got bumped for Charles, so that tells you that I'm like uh, 
Matt Damon on Kimmel's show. Wait a second. Getting bumped for Charles Barkley is, is not a anything at all to sneeze at. I was bumped on our local Fox affiliate here, Fox 29, for a bear story in South Jersey. <laughs> well, that bear story is pretty big, Aton. That's, that's every bit as big as uh, Charles Barkley locally. True. I guess you, you definitely equate the two. Now, before we move on and talk about anything pertinent and relevant in our world and the NFL, fake news, you do it each and every time you join us. I chose story one, so Ron's going to recap the three for you, and you can choose accordingly. All right, John, you ready? Mysterious groups of clowns have descended onto Fernwood, California, and are constantly pulling pranks but leaving little to no evidence behind. Could be the insane clown posse. Could be. Uh, You know, I didn't think of that. I didn't know that they were still in existence. Of course they are. They didn't (laughs) disband? No. ICP is still around? Yeah, I, I think COVID uh, cut down the, uh, what do they call it, the juggalos, juggle, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. They, yeah I they, think the true. big, uh, okay. yeah, I think their big convention, whatever, I think it was canceled this year. Okay, okay. All right, story number two. Residents of Lopbury, Thailand, are being terrorized by thousands of sex-crazed monkeys who have taken over portions of the city. <laughs> They've even well, made monkeys, their headquarters it, an old cinema. Monkeys tend to be sex crazed. I do know that. Aren't they all? Are you talking about Davy, Mickey? Talking about those monkeys? <laughs> wow, we're going old school. Yeah. Peter Tork. No, that's good Peter Tork knowledge. Well, there were four monkeys, right, in the group? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's Mickey and then Mike. Okay. Just making Mickey, sure. uh, Mickey Dolenz, Davy Jones, uh, Mike Nesmith, and Peter Tork. Yep. There's monkeys knowledge for there's you. There's monkeys. Story number three, a Swarmageddon, a miles-long cloud of locusts, has taken over India's capital region of New Delhi. Well, these all seem potentially legitimate. Uh, There's obviously been locust issues in the past. So, again, this is the second straight time I'll give uh, Ron credit. These are all uh, pretty good. Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to buy number two with the sex raised monkeys. I'm buying that. So it comes down to one or three. Right. Uh, I'm going to go one. I mean, that's what you want, Aton, right? Number I one? I did, yeah. I'm going to go number one. Well, I couldn't stump you guys today. The clown story is false. Now, uh, where did that come from? That That was, I thought, I don't know why, but it was my first inclination is to go number one, but... When I heard you retell it to John, you started to believe it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of those that is like, oh, that's yeah, too dumb. That it, I, I threw that in there. Yeah, well, it's one Could of those stories been. where it's too dumb that it becomes believable. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can come up with a clown story. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about it. It's like, well, why would he come up with a clown story? When it was fireworks, <laughs> right? When it was, what do you mean? Well, they were blowing up mailboxes with yeah, they're, they're just sending pranks. I mean that the the cherry bomb prank. That's, that's a true, clowns, that's a that's true a story. Deal. Growing up, somebody yeah. not a clown, but somebody had thrown a cherry bomb into uh, my mailbox when I was a kid, and, uh, and blew it all to smithereenies. Well, we call that a, a wage of war. Right Yo, I, we had no idea who it was. Well, somebody just threw a you know a, an M eighty into or an M sixty. I can't remember what size it was into our mailbox, and uh, we had to get a new mailbox. Well, speaking of yeah, that, we had to request it from the post office. That's how old school I was. Well, that is now you're dating yourself. Yeah. 
I'm curious because John doesn't live terribly far from me. We're in the same region. And you're in Houston. You actually brought this up maybe a week or 10 days ago, something like that, about the fireworks going off all over the country yes. in certain areas. Well, no, I don't, I don't think I did that during fake news. I think no, I did no, that no, it was, it was, it was uh, during the, the show. Are you hearing yeah. this too, John? Are you hearing the fireworks every night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not as, as big a problem in the suburbs, but even out where I am, we get it. Uh, and, yeah, it's a pain in the you-know-what, especially – when you have dogs like I do, uh, or if you have babies uh, as well, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, what am I missing? And about July Fourth. I mean, you know, obviously July Fourth is coming up. You expect it. You, yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, like, think about this. It's one of the lowest forms of entertainment that we still have around because of all the new things. You can sit down and watch a screensaver on your monitor and be more entertained than lighting up. Oh, I agree. I, I don't yeah, know why I, I, this is still a thing, fireworks. I, I don't know why people enjoy I mean, you know, the big-time shows, which, you know, that's fine. Go out with your family, enjoy it. But, you know, yeah, in the neighborhood, uh, yeah, it's not that exciting. And how many days in a row are you going to do this? All right, you lit up 16 Roman candles on Monday night. Why are you back Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night? Uh, you know, peer pressure. Oh, okay. It's become a thing. A group thing. That's our whole issue with society. That that, that, that defines society today, group thing. Your friends do it, you got to do it. That's right. Somebody's jumping off the bridge, you might as well just see what the weather's like, right? See how the water feels at some point. <laughs> hey, is, is, uh, is Ezekiel Elliott going to sue Sports Illustrated? Uh, I, I, I mean, first of all, <laughs> Not that you couldn't before, because the NFL uh, substance abuse policy, even when it was more stringent under the prior uh, CBA, you had to be a really, really dumb person or you had a significant problem if you failed the test for, for marijuana. Uh, they told you when it was coming. You only had to pass it once a year. Then you could go back to doing whatever you wanted. Now you can do it anyway. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, it's you're not getting suspended. Um, you might get fined at some point, but that's about it. So I, I, you know, hey, we're in a we're in a world where everybody goes online and plays video games with their friends and Twitch and everything like that, and, and they don't turn. On, he, he's hardly the first that uh, has got caught saying something that he shouldn't have said. But from an NFL perspective, it no longer matters. Not that it would have mattered before, but it, it definitely doesn't matter now. So no. what's he going to sue for? Well, the same thing that happened when he tried to sue a reporter for violating his HIPAA rights. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. I mean, if you want to waste money, uh, and certainly there's lawyers that will take your money, but you're not going to win. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it just seems like, and and we'll get off Zeke, I'm just saying it, it seems like he's a magnet for doing stuff on his own, right? And it may not be ridiculous over-the-top stuff, but just things build up, and it seems like he better get used to people paying attention to, laughing at him, caring for better or worse at stuff he does. It seems like he's not aware yet 
that he's a pretty big celebrity in the NFL and people are going to pay attention to him saying something on a stream or a dog allegedly biting a pool cleaner or anything else that he's gotten in trouble with, even down to catching COVID, which may or may not have been his fault. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, you go all the way back to some serious issues. And, yeah, there's been a, a number of things. And obviously he's a high-profile person. I, I've said to every agent in this league, uh, you know, they should – and it's hard with younger people, obviously. It's very difficult. But no good can come from athletes or public figures or entertainers, what have you. Uh, going on social media and doing stuff like that. So, I, I mean, they should, and, and they do, by the way. I mean, agents all the time, they say, you know, just don't do that. Just don't go live. Um, and, and you know, a lot of guys don't listen. That's what it comes down to. And, yeah, people are paying attention, and it's not going away. John McMullen joining us at JF McMullen on the Progressive Guest Line. I'm going to give you the hypothetical. You tell me what happens. And the only thing I'm going to give you, games started and played. Cam Newton starts 16 games. He plays 15. Or, yeah, he plays 15, 16 games this year. What happens to the Patriots? Uh, AFC's champions. Um, I think, to be honest, I think they might be – I think people closed the book too quickly. I, I thought they might win the division with Jared Stidham. I really mm-hmm. did. And that's more of a given Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, I I, said, I joked that as soon as Cam signed all those Buffalo Bills futures bets, you know, throw them out the window, rip them up, whatever, uh, because the the demise was greatly exaggerated for the Patriots. and. We'll see how it works out. I, I mean, my biggest concern with Cam Newton is his health. Uh, I mean, that's that's it. Uh, if he can play uh, from a health standpoint, uh, they're going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to be as good. Uh, I don't think they're in the conversation with the Chiefs if everything goes correctly for them. Uh, but I think they're right back into the mix as being – Maybe that second level of a team behind Kansas City and Baltimore in the AFC. Um, and, it, you know, it makes sense uh, from both perspectives. The one thing you question is obviously Cam is kind of out there from a personal perspective. And people look at Bill Belichick. But he's he's had players before. Um, and I think people overlook that. Whether you go back to Corey Dillon, everybody made – jokes about that and even randy moss he when he has a talented player he takes advantage of that talent and he always has john always appreciate it we've got uh i'm sure a little more to chat with on thursday so we'll save some before we hit the weekend thanks again for your time man have a great week be safe all right thank you guys you got it that's john mcmullen one for the road next Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So, we do this one for the road each and every day before we get out of here. And we can do one of two things. 
we can go with what Ron has, or we can follow up on something we briefly mentioned towards the end of fake news that's actual real news. Your thoughts? On. As uh, my old boss, Chris Russo, you, uh, your thoughts? On. What we should do? Do you have one for the road, or do you well, want to I mean, we go? I had many. I have always have many uh, one for the roads. Well, I feel like we should. Rehash you know, one of the, the ones I was going to talk about, but you already kind of brought up, was the uh, the next pandemic before this one even finishes. Yeah, the swine flu. Thank you for that, Ooh. China. Right. Versus, well, yeah, okay. Let's focus on something positive, and that's the ending of Ozark. Okay, I have not seen Ozarks. Ozark. I have not seen Ozark either. I haven't seen the singular version or the plural version. Now, Sean has done an amazing job today as our technical producer. Yes, running Sean, the are you an Ozark fan? I have not seen He has not What's seen it either. What's wrong with you people over there? Well, you know what, Aton, we work. Yeah, that's the same excuse John Belmer gives me every week when yeah. I bring up anything on television that's not sports-related. Oh, we work. We, I've got a job. I'm working. I, I, I'm yeah. working sports. Not all of us have the luxury of working from home. Oh, is that it? That's so it. So your commute has now negated your ability exactly. to watch television. Exactly. There's like a five-hour commute each way uphill. In the snow, man. In the snow. Right, in, in Houston. In, in South Houston. Central Texas, right? In Houston. This time of the year, the snowfall is extremely heavy. It's, it's treacherous. Brutal. No, it's brutal. You've got a dust storm coming followed by a snowstorm. Right, and you know what happens. Then we get brown snow, and oh. it's not a pretty sight. Okay. See, I can't. I don't even know how to do this now. We might as well go back to the pig flu. No, nah, I don't want to talk pig flu. That's boring. I do okay. got another one for you if you like. Well, here's the thing with Ozark. It, it's it's is it exciting? It. Yes, it's an amazing. Well, because I heard so. I heard a lot of mixed reactions for the third one, the third season. No, I think the third se- The problem that I had with the third season is that when you introduce new characters, your show either has to be airtight. So that anybody who comes in can just slide in seamlessly and they don't overpower or they're not written to overpower or the show is dying and you need some new blood. And I think shows get caught doing that. There's an amazing show. Timothy Oliphant had a show called Justified. It was going great for like three seasons. And all of a sudden they decided they need more people and, and to infuse new people. And the the regular people around, the supporting actors and actresses around Oliphant were discarded to focus on new people. So if Ozark goes back to having its core, then I think it will it will be a good way to kind of come to an end. But as you know, it doesn't matter how great the show is or not, ending a series is one of the most difficult things to do on television. It's not easy to just land No, to wrap everything up, it's never easy. Right, that's why we struggle every day wrapping the show up. Yeah. But I, I think that... I don't think we struggle wrapping it up. No, it's just joking. Just you know, you just maybe we just turn mics off and walk away. That's fine. And sometimes it explodes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I forget to turn the stream off. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes we're sitting there like the Joker in the nurse outfit, just clicking the button, saying, "Okay, I guess that's it." <laughs> that's it, exactly. I think though, I'm excited. I just hope they can do it. And part of me now is a little concerned they're not going to know how to end it. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. 
All right, Aton. Today is all about invasions. 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 I like to. I'm liking this theme thing because I think it might throw you off a little bit, or it help might help you out and throw McMullen off. Yeah, anything to throw McMullen off. That's what it I'm, I'm like, trying to do. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. You ready for it? I so am. Invasions is the theme. There's a group of clowns that have descended onto Fernwood, California, and are constantly pulling pranks, but leaving little to no evidence behind, so the authorities can't really go and arrest them. Well, what are the pranks? You know, cherry bombs and mailboxes. Uh, I mean, stupid clown things. Okay. Now, what do we know as far as, like, what types of... Is it cherry bombs, M80s? Yeah. Those type of things. Okay. Now, you know, and they're just walking around town wearing clown face paint. Right. And, and nobody you know, knows it's like, because... It's almost like a clown college prank has gone bad or something. How many clowns can you fit in one prank car? Dude, Are they driving around in the same car? You know, that's a question right there. Well, that's think, what I'd I wonder. You probably they, get up to 16, right? Yeah, is it like 16 car, clowns in this tiny car and they're going to neighborhood after neighborhood? And, and one, a lot of mailboxes. One is, uh, one's riding a... Uh, Unicycle behind them? Yeah. Yep, that's right. I agree. Okay. You know, the problem, of course, is something like that, the only real difference is the clown face. Like, that's what separates it, right? Otherwise, yeah, it would just, just be that, another it's just, it's just vandalism. Teenagers. And it could be annoying teenagers just in clown makeup, just doing it. Yep. Exactly. You know I mean, the mayor uh, Fernwood is—he said he's called around and tried to figure it out, and he says he's—you know—he called circuses, called schools, you know, like fraternities and even things at universities, and he says he's not getting an answer from anybody. Yeah. So there's just random clowns just appearing in that town. It's amazing, man. Amazing that they—they they can't do anything about it either. No. All right. Good Here. start. On to story number two. Residents of Lopburi, Thailand. You ever been to Lopburi, Thailand? I've never been to Thailand in general. So. Well, you might rethink about going to Thailand right now just because uh, thousands, thousands of aggressive sex-crazed monkeys have taken over the town. What is it about mon- Well, no, this is... We had a lot of monkey stories in India, and now yeah, we have one in, in Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, they've uh, taken over portions of the city. Sex-crazed monkeys? Sex-crazed monkeys. Hmm. They've made their headquarters an abandoned cinema. They've just taken over an old movie theater. Yes. Now, what else are they doing besides fornicating in the movie theater? I just, I think they're just bothering residents. You know, they're just there's so many of them because of social distancing that's gone on that you know there's no one out in the street to kind of push them away, so they're just kind of taking over the town. This is how Planet of the Apes started, if you remember. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I'm pretty certain that this is how it started, with them taking over a small village. And then it just slowly grew. Yeah, I don't know if they were sex crazed, but I think they might have been. Okay, I guess my response to that is, there's no way to counter. It's not like, and and I'm not advocating for the extinction or extermination of those monkeys. You don't want PETA breathing down your neck. No, I don't want that, but there has to be some middle ground between exterminating and just letting them be and leaving the village. Like the people leaving the village. Right? I don't don't know. Hopefully the people don't leave the village. 
But the lack of food well, available. Well, why wouldn't you? There's no food. You've got a bunch of monkeys fornicating in the theater, and, and they're making it difficult to live. If the local government's gonna not going to do anything. It's going to be tough to watch the newest release of movies. Well, I, yeah. I assume that that place has been shut down anyway. Hopefully. How far away is this from Bangkok? Uh, let's see. It's about, um, well, it, says, it just says northeast. I don't know how far away All it right. is. Well, I don't want to look at the map in case the story you comes know, up. Well, you're going to Bangkok? Ah, I think that people would just start flooding Bangkok at that point. Probably. The, you know, get the heck out of that small village and let them deal with the monkey problem. And we all know Bangkok has the room. Absolutely, yes. They'll just keep building up, like Tokyo or New York. That's right. All right, story three. Story number three. A swarmageddon is wow. happening in India right now. What's going on with India? Which is a miles-long cloud of locusts. And it's descending on the capital city of New Delhi. So, remember, we had stories when we were first in lockdown of swarms of locusts decimating areas in Africa. Right. And I don't know if this is part of a migration. I mean, it's a long ways from Africa to New Delhi, but I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, well, we're having dust here. So You're having what? We're having dust storms from Africa. The Sahara dust storm. So that carried over. That carried across the Atlantic. Dust wow. carried okay. across the Atlantic Ocean. How dust is that over possible? Water. I have no idea. I'm not a scientist. I just play one on TV. Okay. Well, then you should at least have a TV answer, right? You're right. Uh, the trade winds blow and blow and blow, and it carries the dust up to the 30,000 to 40,000 foot level. And then it's easy to carry and, like a plane. Yeah, and then it just kind of just, you know, as it gets uh, closer to land, as it approaches land, it just drops down onto the land. Then it kind of came across the Caribbean, swirled around the Gulf of Mexico a little bit, and is now hitting Houston. So, Actually, we're getting hit again this week. This will be our second with time. Another with another dust storm. With the same dust storm. It just kind of swirled around, and it's hitting us twice. Okay, so it's the same question, but different means to, I guess, the same end. Are dust storms abnormal in Houston like Locusts may be well, abnormal you in know, India. I mean, this is this seems to be happening once a year. Now, the one that this one is coming to Houston, they're calling it the Godzilla dust storm. There was another name for it, but it's kind of uh, not PC at the moment. Uh oh. What they were calling, uh, what they were referring to, because the dust is coming from Africa. It's coming from the Sahara Desert. They had another term that began with the letter G uh, instead of Godzilla dust storm. Kind of like, eh, you know, we'll go with Godzilla. Can't hurt anyone's feelings with Godzilla. No, I don't think you can. You'll have to tell me in the break. Yeah, what, what the and, uh, and and so it, this is the one. This one they're saying has been the worst. The worst they've seen it in fifty years. Okay, so as far as the locusts are concerned, are they not normal in India? Is that what makes I think, this a I big think story? locusts are normal, not miles long swarms. I don't think that's normal for them. What do you do? You see a mile-long swarm of locusts coming. You You just stay home, right? You stay inside. Do you have to go downstairs? All all these little things that are happening just leads me to believe that this is, you know, whatever God you believe in's way of saying stay inside. Now, here's the question for you. Are we going to be around on this planet long enough to see the fourth and final 14-episode season of Ozark? Probably not. Okay, because that came out today. That's breaking news. That's real news. That Ozark's coming to an end on Netflix with an expanded fourth yeah. and final season. We'll have to so wait and see. I'm not I sure. don't know if we'll make it. I don't. I don't think we are. I think it's For some reason, time to pack it in. 
the first story jumped out as as fake to me. And I know John's going to come on and give his answer. I'll lock in with number one and say the clown face story in the West Coast is fake. McMullinette. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, we go out to the guest line, bring in John McMullen. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday, 1240 Eastern Time. He's our NFL insider, courtesy of Jacob Media. You can hear him on the Tony Bruno Show evenings here on SB Nation Radio. When are you on with Tony? What day? And Harry? Uh, Harry's actually joining us on Wednesday. Usually Tuesdays. I'll be on today at 520, usually Tuesdays and Friday. You know, Tony gets such big names, it's always uh, fly by the seat of the pants. Well, I was on his show on Friday. Does that mean that they were slumming Big names. Big names. I was on Friday as well. You and I will never make the promo. Put it like that. They've got Jim Nance. They've got Charles (laughs) Barkley. You know, it's you and I will never make the promo. I got bumped for Charles. So that tells you that. I'm like uh, Matt Damon on Kimmel's show. Wait a second. Getting bumped for Charles Barkley is, is not a anything at all to sneeze at. I was bumped on our local Fox affiliate here, Fox 29, for a bear story in South Jersey. <laughs> well, that bear story is pretty big, Aton. That's, that's every bit as big as uh, Charles Barkley locally. True. I guess you, you definitely equate the two. Now, before we move on and talk about anything pertinent and relevant in our world and the NFL, fake news, you do it each and every time you join us. I chose story one, so Ron's going to recap the three for you, and you can choose accordingly. All right, John, you ready? Mysterious groups of clowns have descended onto Fernwood, California, and are constantly pulling pranks but leaving little to no evidence behind. Could be the insane clown party. Could be. Uh, You know, I didn't think of that. I didn't know that they were still in existence. Of course they are. They didn't (laughs) disband? No. ICP is still around? Yeah, I, I think COVID uh, cut down the, uh, what do they call it, the juggalos, juggalos, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. The, yeah I the, think the, the big, uh, okay. yeah, I think their big convention, whatever, I think it was canceled this year. Okay, okay. All right, story number two. Residents of Lopbury, Thailand, are being terrorized by thousands of sex-crazed monkeys who have taken over portions of the city. <laughs> They've even well, made monkeys, their headquarters it, an old cinema. Monkeys tend to be sex crazed. I do know that. Aren't they all? Are you talking about Davey, Mickey? Talking about those monkeys? <laughs> wow, we're going old school. Yeah. Peter Tork. No, that's good Peter Tork knowledge. Well, there were four monkeys, right, in the group? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's Mickey and then Mike. Okay. Just making Mickey, sure. uh, Mickey Dolenz, Davey Jones, uh, Mike Nesmith, and Peter Tork. Yep. There's monkeys knowledge for you. There's monkeys. Story number three, a swarmageddon, a miles-long cloud of locusts has taken over India's capital region of New Delhi. Well, these all seem potentially legitimate. 
there's obviously been locust issues in the past. So, again, this is the second straight time I'll give uh, Ron credit. These are Thank all yep. uh, pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to buy number two with the sex trays monkeys. I'm buying that. <laughs> so it comes down to one or three. Right. Uh I'm going to go one. I mean, that's what you want, Aton, right? Number I one? Did, yeah. I'm going to go number one. Ah, I couldn't stump you guys today. The clown story is false. Now, uh, where did that come from? That that was, I thought, I don't know why, but it was my first inclination is to go number one. But when I heard you retell it to John. You started to believe it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's one of those that is like, oh, that's yeah, too dumb. That it, I, I threw that in there. Yeah, well, it's one Could of those stories been. where it's too dumb that it becomes believable. Yeah, like there's no way you can come up with a clown story, and then all of a sudden you start thinking about, it. I was like, well, why would he come up with a clown story? When it was fireworks, <laughs> right? When it was, what do you mean? Well, they were blowing up mailboxes with yeah, cherry they're, bombs. they're just setting pranks. I mean, that the the cherry bomb prank. That's, that's a true clown. That's a that's true a story. Deal. Growing up, somebody, yeah. not a clown, but somebody had thrown a cherry bomb into uh, my mailbox when I was a kid and, uh, and blew it all to smithereenies. Well, we call that a, a wage of war. I Yo, I, we had no idea who it was. Well, somebody just, just threw a, you know, a, an M80 into, or an M60, I can't remember what size it was, into our mailbox, and uh, we had to get a new mailbox. Well, speaking of and that. we had to request it from the post office. That's how old school I was. Well, that is, now you're dating yourself. Yeah. I'm curious because John doesn't live terribly far from me. We're in the same region, and you're in Houston. You actually brought this up maybe a week or 10 days ago, something like that, about the fireworks going off all over the country yes. in certain areas. Well, no, I don't, I don't think I did that during fake news. I think No, I did no, that no, it was, it was, it was oh, during the, the show. Are you hearing no. this too, John? Are you hearing the fireworks every night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not as, as big a problem in the suburbs, but even out where I am, we get it. Uh, and yeah, it's a pain in the, you know what, especially when you have dogs like I do, uh, or if you have babies, uh, as well. Um, yeah. yeah, What am I missing? I mean, you know, obviously July 4th is coming up. You expect it. Yeah, but still like, think about this. It's one of the lowest forms of entertainment that we still have around because of all the new things. You can sit down and watch a screensaver on your monitor and be more entertained than lighting up. Oh, I agree. I I don't know why this is still a thing, fireworks. I I don't know why people enjoy I mean, you know, the big-time shows, which, you know, that's fine. Go out with your family, enjoy it. But, you know, yeah, in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's not that exciting. And how many days in a row are you going to do this? All right, you lit up 16 Roman candles on Monday night. Why are you back Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night? Uh, You know, peer pressure. It's it's become a thing. Hey, group think. That's our whole issue with society. That that defines society today, group think. Your friends do it. You've got to do it. That's right. Somebody's jumping off the bridge. You might as well just see what the weather's like, right? See how the water feels. At some point. <laughs> hey, is is uh is, is Z 